Welcome back to another episode of Confessions from the Sidelines, and I'm your host, Sarah L. Cowart. I am so excited to share this episode with you today, but before we jump into today's conversation, I want to take a minute and thank our sponsors. Check Study is one of my new favorite resources for students. Have you ever had those moments after class or after school when you sit down to do your homework or study for that test and you completely forget everything the professor or your teacher talked about in class? I know exactly how you feel. I wish when I was a student, we had access to Check Study and Check Study Pack. Check Study is 24-7 homework help. From algebra to calculus to physics to chemistry, you will have expert help. And their monthly subscriptions start only at $14.95. But Check has been so kind to give all of our listeners $5 off their first month subscription. Head on over to chegg.com slash study and enter the code study5, S-T-U-D-Y-5, for $5 off your first month subscription. Y'all also know how much I love CB supplements. CB supplements is a multi-collagen protein powder, meaning it contains all five types of collagen from four animal sources. Not to mention, it's the first and only multi-collagen protein powder NSF certified for sport and supported by Dr. Kate. One thing I love about CB supplements is that it comes in unflavored and in three delicious flavors, chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry lemonade. You won't find a cleaner multi-collagen supplement out there. Head on over to cbsupplements.com and grab yours today. Be sure to enter the code Sarah, S-A-R-A-H at checkout for $5 off. Now, on to today's episode. We know college basketball season is just kicking off, and I'm thrilled to share the conversation I had with Coach Rick Bird with you today. Coach Bird coached at Belmont University from 1986 to 2019 when he retired. He ranks 12th all-time among NCAA Division I head coaches with 805 victories. 658 of those were at Belmont. He led the Bruins to eight NCAA tournament appearances, 10 conference championships, and seven league tournament titles. He was just recently named the winner of the 2022 John R. Wooden Legends of Coaching Awards. Here is my conversation with Coach Bird. Coach Bird, I am so grateful that you are on the show today. Well, gosh, I'm I'm grateful to be asked. I uh, I think you're doing great work, and uh, uh, this this. Um, Oh, minefield of trying to figure out where to go to college is uh, is something for for students and their parents and uh, and of course I did it for forty years at least with with basketball players and that's all they are basketball players hopefully trying to figure out the best school for them to go to right yeah well it's just and you know before we even dive into anything I want to acknowledge something that kind of came out a couple of weeks ago with you being named. John Wooden Legends of Coaching Award, and that is huge. So, congratulations on that. Well, that, thank you, Sarah. That was uh, that was pretty overwhelming because anybody that grew up when I grew up, then UCLA basketball was winning every single national championship, and more than that, Coach Wooden was just setting an example of how to go about the business of coaching with the mm-hmm. the mild mannered. Uh, the, the character issues that he was always discussing, his pyramid of success. Uh, I read his book, They Call Me Coach. I worked his basketball camp when I was in college. I went all the way out to L.A. and worked a week of his camp. Uh, so 
that was very meaningful. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah. Well, we're, we're just so proud of you too, for everything that you accomplished. And, you know, even my short time at Belmont, I got to see you interact with the players and do your thing as a coach. And you, I mean, you're one of the best of the best. And so as we like dive into really some of these conversations that parents want to know is, you know, when you were recruiting and you were having conversations with families, what were some of those qualities you were looking for in these players? Well, I think you mentioned families, and I think uh, uh, it was helpful to us when we knew that the young man we were recruiting was getting good parental guidance. Of course, we, we can say that about our world today. You know, good parental guidance goes a long way. And, right. uh, yeah. And when it's lacking, uh, you can tell. And so um, I was I was fortunate. Belmont's a very good school academically. Uh, some coaches think that's a hindrance, and I mm-hmm. thought it was a positive. And we were able to recruit the kind of young men that really wanted to get an education and get their degree, and their parents wanted them to. And basketball oftentimes was first on their minds, but mm-hmm. the rest of it was real important too. So I think I think that we – first of all, as a basketball coach, you can't just go, you know, down on Belmont Boulevard and – see a nice looking kid and find out he's a good guy and recruit him. He's, he's got to be a basketball player that you think can continue to improve your program. And, but there's a lot to that that probably doesn't fit this podcast, but (laughs) it's about finding uh, guys with the skills that you need based on the way that you play the game. And uh, so, so the basketball side had to be a fit for us and hopefully for him. And, and we felt like, but we've, but real importantly, I wanted a basketball recruit to choose Belmont just like he would if he wasn't even a basketball player. He mm-hmm. thought this was the kind of school that he wanted to go to. And, uh, of course, we see thousands of transfers now these days. And a lot of it is, be- I think, is because um, they're thinking only about the level of athletics that they can go to and not thinking about – uh, is is this place a fit socially, academically, yes. athletically? Uh, they just go and they and they get sold too. I mean, there's too many coaches that treat this just like they were selling cars or furniture or windows or you name it. You know, right. and uh, and I didn't think I never thought that was the right way to go about it. Well, and, you know, and I love that you bring that up because, you know, we talk a lot about on the show is when we're on these recruiting visits, when we're meeting with coaches, you know, we want to weigh our pros and our cons, but we like need to go with our gut. We like as students, as parents, like you are going to know where you belong. And that's so important to have those conversations going through this process. No, I, I think you're exactly right. You can, you know, I saw people try to figure this thing out every which way you could do it. And and, and, and one easy way is to just put pros and cons down on a legal pad and pluses and minuses or whatever you want to talk about. And, and that is all well and good. But, man, it, it's I heard somebody describe it one time when when they walked into the student center and sat down. Does this feel like a place I can go between my classes and oh. and, uh, and study or meet with my friends or you know, you just got to feel like it's the right place for you. And yeah. that is a, that, that's not a, you know, that's not a decision that you make scholastically or intellectually is the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. It, it It is, it is a feeling, a gut feeling. And, uh, 
it's usually a little more right than the intellectual feeling yeah. sometimes. Oh, I, and I agree with that too, because you could have all the right things, but a conversation may not have gone the way that you thought it should, or, you know, something, you know, something kind of feels icky about the situation. You know, you've got to listen to those intuitions and for parents and students alike, when they're going through this, they've got to really work at it together. Yeah. I think, I think it's important to, to see how, genuine the people are that you're talking to on your visit uh, and how much they seem to really care about whether you're going to make a good decision or not. I I took my daughter, who's now 35 or 36, and to, a, to a school in Boston. That's as far as I'll go. But uh, it, it was, uh, you, you couldn't get anybody to meet with you about the area that she was interested in. Mm. And, and she had looked it up and researched it and it had a great school for what she wanted to do. But, you know, I, I, I was coming from Belmont where, where any faculty member would yeah. meet with a, with a student that, that wanted to meet with them to decide whether they want to major in that. And, and we couldn't even see a faculty member. So that, that one was crossed off the list pretty quick. Yeah. And I, I do think that in this whole process, just trying to get an idea from the people that you're talking to, any question, whether it's, ac- whether it's an athletic recruitment or or an academic one, or when you're trying to figure out to go to school, it's about you and any question is okay. And, and, and students don't, or parents don't need to be scared to ask them. Oh, I, I didn't yes. like hard questions, but, but I appreciated them because I knew they were trying to get and find the right place to go to school. Yeah. Well, so talk about that a little bit, you know, when parents are asking these questions or even students as they're having conversations with coaches, what are some of those key questions that you kind of would have hoped to hear as a coach on the other side? That's a, that's a that is a good one. I, I think it would be for me, I would want to know how they felt about uh, the things away from the basketball floor. Mm. Uh, What's important to you and the kind of kids that you recruit? Uh, What kind of retention rate do you have? Are kids transferring out or are they staying there? Um, You know, the the simple one is, are they, are they graduating? But, you know, schools can kind of fiddle around with that number and make it sound pretty good no matter what, you know, they can put a lot of, well, all the guys that stayed this many years and did this and did that, they all graduated, but, but, um, you know, I, I think just just trying to find out from the coaching staff and from the academic support people at the school whether or not um, they're going to get there and they're going to get their degree and they can do it legitimately. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a second-tier thing to the basketball program. It would be really why, there's, why they're there. That's the kind of questions I wanted to hear from them. Certainly the ones about basketball were fair. Uh, how do you see him fitting in and does his skills fit your system and why do you want him on your team? But, um, you know, I, it, so many times I got almost no questions and that's, that's not the right answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. you know, they need to go prepared to ask some questions and be unafraid of, uh, of to be unintimidated by the process. Oh, that's really good. And I like how you talked a little bit too about like the academic side of things asking the academic support staff questions. And, you know, we have that conversation here on the show of saying, like, we've got to think outside of just having conversations with the coaching staff, because the support staff at that institution, wherever it is, 
is just as important as the coaching staff. Yeah, uh, uh, the academic support for sure, but also just the rest of the people, the training staff. Meet with as many people as you can meet with. And if it's an athletic recruitment situation, meet with as many of the players on the team. You know what? Coaches, I I can honestly say we didn't try this, but coaches can't get players to lie about uh, how they feel about everything. They just just can't. And, And the more you talk to some schools you go to, they're going to send their best kid out to be your host every single time mm-hmm. they have somebody in. And, and uh, we would encourage the guys when they were, when they were coming to, to, well, it was kind of the other way around. We encouraged, encouraged our team to all be involved in the recruitment process of a player uh, and, and not just sticking with the one or two that presented the best face of our program. Right. Yeah. I think that's really wise too. thinking of, you know, and I'm thinking it more from like a team perspective, because if you only meet one or two players on that team, how do you get a big picture of what the team atmosphere is like? You don't, you don't, that, that's, that would, that should be a giveaway really uh, that uh, they're hiding some people and mm-hmm. there's some things they don't want you to know. Uh, and, and so uh, no, I think you, I, I, Hey, the players were our, were our best asset in recruiting. Yeah. They honestly were. And, and, uh, you know, we also had some great academic support folks that really cared and would tell them the truth about what it was like. You know, the, the coaching staff has got an agenda. <laughs> They're trying to win basketball games right. and trying to recruit the best players to do it. And, and the rest of the people want the team to do well, but you're going to get straighter answers from, <laughs> from outside of that in yeah. most cases. I'd like yeah. to think we were a little different, but in most cases, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that because, you know, kids would ask me questions in our academic conversations or recruiting visits that they wouldn't ask coaches. Sure. And, you know, and so I think that really opened the door because they felt comfortable knowing that I wasn't making the decision on playing time. Yeah. I was helping them think outside, okay, what's going to happen after the sport is over. Yeah. That's, and so I, I do think that's important for folks to know, particularly in athletic recruitment where, where you've got several people that are trying to get you there and, uh, and you don't know who to believe. Mm-hmm. Another thing I would add to the whole process and everybody has their own way of recruiting, but I just uh, I, I didn't put any false deadlines on decisions. Uh, I tried to be our whole staff was was hundred percent transparent about where we were in the recruiting process. If you were the only one we'd offer a scholarship to, we would tell you. If if we'd offered three for your position, and you were the third guy we offered, we'd tell you that. If if we liked another guy better, this is the hardest part. If we liked another guy better than you and he hadn't decided yet, you'd say, we're going to wait for a while on this other guy. I mean, that may make you lose somebody, but I think I do think the honest approach also is appreciated mm-hmm. uh, by the parents, probably more so than even the player. And uh, so I, I, I think coaches that say, I need your decision by Monday – after a weekend visit, or I want you to make it right now, or we're going to offer it to somebody else. Uh, unless that's absolutely true, uh, that'd be a warning signal. That'd be a red light to me if I was yeah. on the other end of it. Oh, I completely agree because we know, I mean, again, we're going back to 
your student, or if you're listening and you're a student, you're making this decision that could be for the next four to five years of your life. And having to make that decision within a 24 hour turnaround, like, I don't, I don't know of a lot of people who've even done that. Well, not only the next four or five years, really the rest of your life, because I, your years in college, I mean, you're, I don't know the numbers, but you're likely to meet the person you're going to marry. You, you know, you're, you, you, you may decide to stay in that town where the school is and it, all that stuff changes your life. We don't, gosh, we don't, you don't know right now what's going to happen tomorrow. And I don't either. And, and, in right. uh, in the decisions you have to make, you, that's one of the, the very most important ones. Uh, you know, marriage is probably right up there with it, maybe more so, <laughs> but, um, but you, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's just too important. I just always felt like that it was way more important to the young man that we were recruiting, uh, the decision being made than it was to our basketball program. Even with the greatest players we were trying to get, mm-hmm. um, I tried to keep that in mind. I told them that. I meant it. Um, and uh, and they need to understand that. That uh, And so if they say, oh, we, we have to know by Monday, say, well, why, Coach? Why do we need, why do we need to mm-hmm. know by Monday? Or what I need to tell you before I leave today? Well, because I'm going to offer your scholarship, somebody else will go ahead and offer it then. And if he takes it, I'm just out. But I need longer than that to go home. I wanted them to go home from our campus and think about the visit. And if they wanted to call me back after that and say they're coming, that's great. I I did have two or three that absolutely wanted to take it on the visit. I mean, (laughs) and at some point, you've got to say that's okay, too, because it came from them. Right, right. But, 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 but it wasn't, it was never presented that way. Yeah. Oh, that's such great advice to thinking. Cause I mean, I know I've been in those recruiting meetings and it's information overload at its mm-hmm. best when you're mm-hmm. on those trips and, you know, having that time to process for both parents and students. And, you know, sometimes parents aren't able to come. Maybe it's because of work right. or something comes right. up and the students by themselves. It's so important to take that back home and have that conversation with your parents. If you're, if you're on a trip by yourself. And parents should know that it's, totally good to follow that up with a phone call and ask all the questions you want to at that point. Here's what Johnny said about the visit and why does it, why do you need to know something by Tuesday? And, and uh, uh, he said this, or he said that. And because the, the, the young man or woman that's there, whether again, whether it's athletics or not, they are going to be a vast majority of the time intimidated in this process and be scared to ask mm-hmm. questions. Uh, all of us have done that. I mean, I'm, I'm scared to ask questions when I'm going to go buy a car. You know, I don't, <laughs> right. I, am, I am so far behind the bar on that. that it'll sound really stupid. Does it have four wheels, you know? Right. Say, right. <laughs> right. The steering wheel attached. Like how does this process work? Yeah, but I think that analogy is so important because we do sometimes fear takes over when we think, oh, I'm going to make the wrong decision. Or what if I ask a question that now takes me off of their list? Right. That, you know, like I kind of feel, and I'm thinking more from a parent's perspective. What if, like, if I ask a question and now they say, oh, we don't want to deal with that. Like, that's some of the fear part of it, too. Uh, that would have to be. The- 
that kind of question would somehow have to be out of bounds in some way. It seems to me, mm-hmm. uh, I understand the part about them thinking, well, this guy's a little, this guy's a little pushy or, uh-huh. or um, it, but if a coach is going to react that way, if it's, if it's an athletic thing again, then you're probably not in the right place. Yeah. Oh, and I think that's just a, you know, a telltale sign of the process and the experience that you're having. Yeah. I mean, coaches have got a hundred to one advantage on the recruit in the, if if it's if this is a tough recruiting situation, they've been through it hundreds or thousands of times, and this kid's been through it once or or three mm-hmm. or four or five, um, and uh, it's 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 not a fair fight. Right, and you know that's something I always tell the students I work with, and even when I was at the collegiate level working, I said whatever issue that you're coming with me academically or anything that's happening in your life, I can guarantee you I've already heard it. <laughs> and there's a process for it or there's yeah. questions we can ask to get through it. So, yeah. you know, you just need to be upfront and honest and transparent. So like we know what to do. It's our next step. Yep. You're right. No, that's, that's great. That's, and that's, that's where what you're doing is so valuable to folks. And I'm sure a lot of people don't, don't rely on something like that. So, you know, sometimes you get parents that, that, that played athletics in mm-hmm. college and they, they've been through this and so they're a little bit ahead of the game when it comes to that. Uh, but uh, you also you also get a lot that are just excited that their kid is being recruited, and uh, they're they are afraid to maybe ask some questions that they need to be asking. Yeah, oh, that's so good. Well, Coach, you know the podcast is called Confessions from the Sidelines. So right. I would love. I mean, you have forty two years of experience standing on the sidelines. So I want to know what is your favorite memory. That's a, it's yeah, a loaded 42, question. <laughs> 42 is, is, is there's, there's a lot of them and I was lucky to have a few and it would be, I guess if you had to say one, it was when we were able to beat our neighborhood rival Lipscomb uh, in the 2006 Atlantic Sun championship game in Johnson city, because it, it, it gave us our first trip to the NCAA tournament. Yes. And, uh, that was a long climb to get there when we went from NAIA to there. But I could just as easily tell you the, the same thing when we were in the NAIA the first time that we won to go to the NAIA national tournament. You know, and that's another thing we haven't talked about, but levels uh, – and I did I, I heard some of your conversation with Coach Rick, and, and, and he said the same thing. You know, uh, once you're there, that's your big time. Okay, and it it doesn't matter if it's junior college or NAIA or Division two, three, or one or playing football in the SEC. It, you know, it's it's different experiences, but it matters just as much to you. Uh, so, uh, in in that case, when we made the the national tournament for the first time in NAI, that was a huge deal. Right. And uh, so, you know it. It's there are certain milestone wins in anybody's coaching career, um, and certainly being able to win games at North Carolina and at UCLA. I mean, who would have ever thought? Certainly not me. Uh, and uh, so uh, there was a bunch of good ones, but you know, you know what else is is absolutely true, and that is the players. The players win the games, and uh, uh, I think. I always tried to make sure that our players came first in discussions. They, uh, that's the way I, that's the way I, I put them first in the media guide. 
I put them on. I put them on the radio when we won. Uh, kept them off when they lost. And took, <laughs> took all the tough questions, but uh, the players, the players have gotten me those things that we're talking about, those moments and that award and those sort of things. And I was lucky to be at Belmont and be able to recruit the kind of kids that uh, I could recruit. Yeah, oh, Belmont is a special place. I can say that as a graduate of Belmont University. So, Coach Rick, I am so thankful that you were here. And I'm so thankful that you just gave us really good words of advice for parents. Well, I appreciate what you're doing and, and a chance to to be on and talk a little bit. It's good to, good to talk to you again. Yes, it sure is. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Confessions from the Sidelines. What an honor it was to chat with Coach Bird today. Be sure to share this episode with your favorite student athlete. And don't forget to rate and review the show on your favorite podcasting platform. And until next time, I'll be cheering you on from the sidelines.